Hello and welcome to The 100 Podcast. Zen Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today we're doing another of our team previews. This time around it's the Trent Rockets men, a side that went all the way to the Eliminator last year, but with some kind of stodgy top order batting and some issues in the bowling department as well, couldn't quite put it all together to get to the final. Charlie, it didn't quite work last year, even though they made it into the top three. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that last season they probably weren't the most entertaining side. They had plenty of quality there, but for whatever reason, they just didn't quite come off. There was some stodgy batting at the top of the innings. The bowling depth wasn't necessarily great, despite the presence of Rashid Khan. For whatever reason, they just didn't quite gel in the way that they were expected to. No, and I think it's quite off-brand as well when you think about it, because when you watch Nottinghamshire at Trent Bridge... They go really hard. That's what they're all about. I mean, Alex Hales in the blast this year has struck at 193, which is ridiculous. He's in really good form. Last year, he struck at 132. He was almost neutered. And we also had Darcy Short down the land, striking at about 120. Just the top order players were just very reserved. It was just very stodgy and off-brand and weird. This year, I think it should be different because last year, the top order kind of got themselves into problems and they had to kind of bank on Stephen Mullaney and Samat Patel to dig them out. This year, they bring Colin Monroe into the action. He might likely bat at three for them. And then you've also got uh, Tom Cola Cadmore coming in as well, who's going to bat in the middle order. You add Joe Root to that, who's added a lot of shots to his game and might have a potentially you know, more interesting T20 element to his game in 2022. There's a lot more to like about that top order and the the batting order as a whole, really. Yeah, I would agree. I think when you look at the way they might line up, there is every chance they're going to play a more intentful brand of cricket. I don't want to single out any players in particular. I don't really like doing that. But Darcy Short did not really deliver at all last season. I think he's a good player, but he's been out of Nick for a little while. And last season was just not his time. Colin Monroe coming in in that overseas slot, I think, is a very good bit of business. He's a very good player. He's versatile. He can bat anywhere in the top four. I think we imagine that Hales and Milan will be the opening partnership they go for. It would make a lot of sense. I think that's Darwin Milan's best position, in my opinion, and it allows you to have the right hand, left hand combination up top. So already I'm starting to see signs that this might be a significantly less stodgy top border than we had last year. And you'd hope Alex Hales will go at it. I think the freedom for Alex Hales to go and play his natural game is really important. I think when you have a player of that class who can just demolish bowling lineup. So you've got to release him. And look, Milan starts a bit slowly at times, but he can take an innings away from you. And that's what's good about the side. Colin Monroe done it everywhere, really experienced player. Uh, Tom Carla Campbell's played some really special innings over the years. You know the quality Joe Root brings. So there's lots to like about that. Last year, they were kind of bailed out by their middle order, specifically Stephen Mullaney and Samit Patel. Samit Patel struck at 157, averaged 29. Stephen Mullaney played a couple of quite important knocks with a strike rate of 143, though he wasn't particularly prolific through the season. Obviously, you've got Samit Patel at six, so he's going to play there, and we'll get onto him in a moment. But what What's nice about it as well is if Joe Root comes out, you could bring in either Mullaney or Cobain. Cobain's not had a good season for Gloucestershire this year at all, striking 110, averaging 14 after a really good overseas gig in the Bash, which is kind of out of nowhere. He played very well for Adelaide Strikers. So he's not particularly great for him, but it is nice, Charlie, that you can kind of bring in a number of different options in that middle order. And I think that versatility and the ability to bring in the experience of someone like Stephen Mullaney can be crucial for them. 
Absolutely. I think they've got lots of different options there. Like you say, they can be quite versatile in the way they balance their lineup. They could bring in Tom Moore, for example, if they wanted an extra left-hander. If they wanted someone who can bowl and bat in a lower order, had a bit of impetus, they could go down the Ben Mike route. Daniel Sams as well is another option, so they wish to tweak their overseas balance. So they do have options here. Obviously, the lineup we've gone for, we think will make the most sense for them in most situations, but they do have a lot of flexibility, and I think that's only going to serve them well across the tournament. And I think it's nice when you have that depth and experience in the middle and lower order because it allows players like Hales to go at it a bit more knowing that you can call upon the likes of Samet Patel, Lewis Gregory, Stephen Mullaney, who have been there, done that. Very experienced players. I think that's really going to help unlock their top order. But I want to mention Samet Patel, Charlie. Excellent season last year. I think he's probably the standout player from the World Tournament. Uh, as I said, struck at 157, averaged 30, played some important knocks of the bat. And then with the ball, you know what he can deliver. Runs for ball of 1.31, which is pretty good. Eight wickets, uh, an average of 22. He bowled some really important overs for them. I think he's a bit of an underrated star for the Trent Rockets. He's an excellent player who will be absolutely pivotal to them in the lower order of batting, but also given a slightly depleted bowling lineup. Yeah, completely agree. He hasn't had the best blast this year necessarily, but I think with his record and his quality, you have to back him. He's very important in balancing the side. What his presence gives you is a third type of spin, which is really crucial. You have that variety, you have the off spin of Matt Carter, you have the leg spin of Rashidi Khan, then you have the slow left armor of Sam Patel. If you if you get a lot of sets out of those guys, which I imagine they probably will do, there's every chance those guys are going to be bowling more or less to full allocation every game then you have a lot of flexibility as a captain in terms of bowling to your matchups and really getting the most out of your squad. That's what Samit Patel gives you. And I think Lewis Gregory, the captain, will be very grateful to have him there. Yeah, he's not on a good blast with the batters, Sam, averaging 15, striking over 112. Been good with the ball, though. 16 wickets at 22 in 14 games. Economy at 7.57. Done very well. It is interesting, I think, that in that lower batting order, you have a lot of players who are out of form, Lewis Gregory this year, uh, averaging 12, striking of 121. I'm not even sure that if you took the captaincy status away from him, he necessarily gets into this best lineup. I think the problem with Samet, Lewis Gregory, Ian Gabay, Mullaney all being a little bit out of form will trouble them. But let's move on to the bowling. because so I think that's kind of where this side is potentially looking to struggle with Rashid Khan only playing a couple of games this year. He is going to be replaced by Tabray Shamsi. So let's focus on that before we get to the potential negatives we have in this lineup. We know how good Rashid Khan is. We talked about him. He's the best T20 player in the world at the moment, probably the best T20 player of all time. But talk to me about Tabray Shamsi. He some left arm leg spin. You'll have seen him play very well for South Africa against England in the recent T20 series. What's he going to bring to the Trent Rockets? It's very rare to see a really high-class left-arm wrist spinner in the game. There aren't that many out there. Tabray Shamsi is one of the best out there, in my opinion. He played last season at Ola Vinceballs, did pretty well. Nothing spectacular, but nothing bad either. He was a very solid pick for them. And I think in terms of a last-minute replacement for Rashid Khan, Tabray Shamsi is an excellent one. He's obviously not going to bring as much of the bat as Rashid Khan, so there will be a slight rejigging of the order there. We expect much of the Lango will go to eight, which makes sense. But I think Tabri Shamsi is a more than capable replacement. I just think that X-factor quality he brings is going to be so vital. Plus, of course, his celebrations are pretty fun too. 
He's great. He's great to watch. I'm really glad he's in the 100 this year. He played a bit for Oval last year, but I'm glad that we're going to see him a lot more for the Trent Rockers. You've also got Matt Carter there, who's that really tall off-spinner. He is good in the power play, has done very well there for Nottinghamshire over the years. He can fulfil a role. But I think if you're looking at this side, the issue is with the seam attack. And let's talk about it. You've obviously got Luke Wood there, who's a left-arm operator, swings it with a new ball. We really like Luke Wood, but maybe not somebody you necessarily want bowling at the death all the time. And then March and Delanger, who's very quick, but can be incredibly, incredibly expensive. Then you pair that with Lewis Gregory, who hasn't bowled a lot in recent years. He's gone red around nine in the blast this year, hasn't bowled a great deal, and then really didn't bowl too much the Trent Rockets, didn't have a huge amount of success. Runs for all of 1.44 in the five overs he bowled. There's a lot of pressure on Woods and March and Delanger in this seam attack. Yes, there is. And I think what is slightly concerning there is that you would say neither of those really do their best work at the death. In fact, when you look at their seam bowling options, with the exception of Ben Mike, who can be expensive, no one really stands out in the entire squad as being an especially strong deaf bowler. And that might hurt them badly. March de Langer, we imagine, will do a fair amount of his bowling there, but I'm not convinced his record there is as strong as some people make out it is. I think he's best used in the middle overs as the kind of enforcer. Luke Wood, too, you know, his deaf record is all right, but I think he's a much better operator in the power play when the ball swings around a bit. They're both perfectly good in those roles. But I don't know if either of them are necessarily going to be what you want to rely on at the death. Lewis Gregory, again, I don't think he is necessarily someone who you want to be bowling too much at the death. So overall, I think that might prove to be an Achilles heel for them. They're all perfectly good bowlers on their day in their correct roles. However, the lack of someone in that death bowling role means that they might have to play a role they're not overly comfortable with. And that could be an issue. And this is where I think the loss of Rashid Khan really hits. Because as we said, I think Lewis Gregory, if you had Rashid Khan the whole tournament, probably wouldn't play for me. Um, just out of form at Nick, I know he's captain and he's been a very good player over the years, but I don't think he makes it in. If you had Rashid Khan the whole tournament, he slides up to seven, Delanger at eight, Luquid at nine. I'm absolutely fine with that. What you probably do is you bring in either Sam Cook or Luke Fletcher in as that extra seamer just to add another seam option. I think with Rashid Khan out and to Bray Shamsi in, unless you bring in Ben Michael, Daniel Sams, and I'm neither kind of convinced on either of them as a deaf option as of yet, I think you're having some issues there. So this attack itself is, is kind of confusing where exactly you're going to use them because you would very much like to use Samet and Matt Carter in the power play. That works very nicely for you, but you probably want to bowl Luke Wood there as well. But who's your death bowler, really? I think that's where this thing kind of comes into issues. And again, you have Rashid Khan, you could bowl him two sets to the death, absolutely fine. Tabray Shams is a different bowler. You can't really use him with the death that much, in my opinion. So I'm kind of confused at how this whole bowling lineup works. And I think that's the issue with this side, Charlie. You love the batting at the top of the order. You love the experience in the middle order. This bowling lineup, even though they have a gun leg spinner, regardless of the fact that Rashid Khan's there... I'm just not sure it's going to work at the 100 level. It has huge holes and could be easily exploited. Yeah, I think the issue is they've got plenty of good players, but I think they've got a slight oversupply in some areas and a slight undersupply in other areas. In fact, quite a large undersupply in other areas. They've got plenty of bowlers who can do a great job in the power play. And not really any you're going to completely trust to do a great job at the death. And I think that is unfortunately an issue with squad construction because... You just can't afford to leave a hole like that in your squad or it's going to get exposed at this level. And while they have plenty of good cricketers, I fear that, that hole might prove to be their downfall this season. 
What are your expectations for the Trent Rockets then this year, Charlie? Obviously, lots to love about their top order. That bowling attack is an issue. What are your kind of thoughts on their potential outcomes for 2022? Well, to be honest, I didn't think they were going to come third last year, and they did. So I have to be careful what I say here because I have been proven wrong in the Trent Rockets before. On the whole, I'm not convinced this is necessarily a team that's going to win the competition. I just think that hole in the death bowling unit is too big for them to go all the way. But that being said, there are other teams in here that have similarly sized holes because there's quite a lot of injuries happening as well, which means that the playing field has kind of been leveled out a little bit. So there are holes in quite a lot of teams here. It's quite difficult to see any bolters from the pack as a result. So in terms of my prediction, I'm going to go for mid-table. I think they've got plenty of batting quality that I like. And of course, they've got some very good bowlers there too. But in terms of how they all come together, I just think that hole is going to be hard to look past. I agree. I think with that quality in the batting lineup, you're thinking mid-table contenders, but that bowling lineup could very easily fall in on itself. And if it does struggle, they could really implode this year. But who's our one to watch, Charlie? Who's the player in this squad that we really want to have a look at that we're excited to see more of in the 100? We're going for Luke Wood, the left-arm seamer. I think he's had a pretty good time of it lately. He was obviously involved in the England squad that went out to the Netherlands for the ODI series. He's a very good proponent of the new ball. He's going to bowl quicker than some people give him credit for. The new ball this season has been swinging around quite a bit and for quite a bit longer than it typically has done. But I think in the power play, he's going to be a really useful player for Lewis Gregory to depend upon. I think the first time I saw Luke Wood was when he went out on loan to Worcestershire in the blast. He didn't bowl as quickly back then, but he swung it in prestigiously. I kind of find it frustrating that Lancashire don't always give him the new ball in the blast. It annoys me, but there's lots to like about Luke Wood, specifically up front. In terms of our fantasy pick, I think it's got to be Alex Hales. You look at that strike rate this year in the blast, 193. He is a dominant player. And if you're looking for a batter, and a big price batter at it, I realise, but if you're looking for someone to score runs and score them quickly, Alex Hales could be a fantasy league bargain yeah of course i don't think there's much question about alex hell really he has been absolutely dominant for nottinghamshire for so long now and look like you say didn't really have the best time of it last year in 100 but i think that was a weird setup for them i whatever happened i don't really know but it wasn't playing to his strengths this year i think the team will play much more to his strengths i think they're going to go hard i think he has license to do so and as we all know when he goes hard he usually comes off so hales is a pretty logical pick for your team the Trent Rockets in 2022, lots of quality at the top of the order. Lots of experience, yet out of form players in the middle order. The issue is going to be their bowling. Can they back up their gun leg spinner? We're going to find out. Thank you very much for listening to this team preview. We're doing a team preview for every single side in the 100 men's and women's. You can check them out on our feed right now. If you want to find out more about the podcast, at Podcast 100 on Twitter. But thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you next time. 